Hey everybody, welcome to the Blue Collar Belt Podcast, a show about two brothers who are sharing their experiences or going through it. What's up everybody? I'm your host, John, joined by my youngest brother and co-host, Jake. What up? This week we're we're gonna pull out some headlines. This will be a, mm-hmm. a first for YouTube. If you're curious about some of the other ones we've done, you'll have to go back and listen on audio, but going forward again, everything will be on YouTube as well. So yeah. Yeah. we'll do more of these. Yeah, we just share our thoughts and opinions, initial thoughts and opinions on some topics. Yeah, and I'll post the links on YouTube for sure from the articles. So that way, if you're curious about an article we talked about, it should be right there. Perfect, yeah. So just to highlight on our week last week, man, what a crazy week, though. Oh, my gosh. I didn't do anything last night because I needed a night to just veg out and do nothing. Fast and furious. So just to kind of highlight, Monday... We drove down to the Ozarks, which is like about five hours, a little over. Um, Pretty much got down there in the evening, woke up the next day, finished help prepping this big driveway down there, which if you've ever been down to the Ozarks, there is no straightforward driveway. It's all hilly. It's all angles. It's all, if you you don't know anything about concrete, it's not a cut and dry project. It's... Mm -hmm. A lot of logistics. None of it was flat. Right. It was all angles. So we did that, poured at noon, got done at five, then turned around and drove back home just to turn around, wake up Wednesday, tear out nine and a half yards mm-hmm. worth of a pour, poured that the same day Wednesday, then went back, cleaned that up, cut control joints, and it Thursday went over to Omaha prepped another job and we were supposed to pour that Friday but it ended up raining. Yeah, so, so we really could have had a good week. Yeah, we could I mean, have had it was a, a good week. It was a great week. We, we could have, have had a phenomenal it. week. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah. you know, we don't control the weather. So right. it is what it is. But let's jump into these headlines. So <clears throat> one of the first ones that I kinda want to talk about um is something that's obviously really popular right now, and that's, you know, our, the race for artificial intelligence. Yeah, it's a um, crazy one. This article comes from The Guardian. Its uh, headline reads, Godfather of AI, Godfrey Hinton, quits Google and warns over dangerous of misinformation. Article states, the man often touted as the godfather of AI has quit Google, citing concerns over the flood of misinformation, the possibility for AI to upend the job market, and the existential risk posed by the creation of the true digital intelligence. Dr. Godfrey Hinton, who, who with two of his students at the University of Toronto built a neutral net in 2012, quit Google this week as, a, as first reported by the New York Times. Hinton said he quit to speak freely about the dangers of AI and in part regrets his contribution to the field. He was brought on by Google a decade ago to help develop the company's AI technology and the approach he pioneered led the way for the current systems such as ChatGPT. He told the New York Times that until last year he believed Google had been a proper steward of the technology, but that changed once Microsoft started incorporating a chatbot into its Bing search engine and the company began becoming concerned about the risks to its search business. Some of the dangers of AI chatbots were quite scary, he told BBC, warning that they could become more intellectual than humans and could be exploited by bad actors. 
It's able to produce lots of text automatically so you can get lots of very effective spam bots. It will allow authoritarian leaders to manipulate their electorates, things like that. But he added, we also, he also was concerned about the existential risk of what happens when these things get more intellectual than us. I've come to the conclusion that the kind of in intelligence we're developing is very difficult from the intellect intelligence we have. So it's as if you had 10,000 people in a room and whenever one person learned something, everybody automatically knew it. And that's how these chatbots can know so much more than any one person. There's more to the article there. Um, if you're interested in going on, a lot of it's really just like um, more descriptions of what he's worried about. Um, one of them is about another co-founder that is uh, not, he describes him as not taking AI safety seriously enough. It's more about just pushing it out. Um, mm -hmm. And then here in a second, there's another another article that I want to kind of touch on this. And that was from the Warren, Warren Buffett meeting, the Berkshire Hathaway meeting. And he also kind of touches on AI. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, my initial thoughts are it's, it scares me because of the jobs it's going to take. I think that's where everyone's mind goes like right away. Right. But I'm curious to see if, if anybody's listening to this, I would, and wants to comment like a pros and cons and, because I feel like there's something I'm missing because it sounds it sounds bad, but there's a lot of good things too. Yes, and you can't you can't take away from that necessarily, but when does it become a point where things Yeah, cuz I'm the, picturing the goods outweigh the bad or vice versa. Yeah, cuz there's going to be a, a hump in there where tech's going to get to this point where it's like, okay, we're actually going to lose hundreds of millions of jobs because mm -hmm. this thing is going to be able to do everything right that's the part that my brain goes to so for me it's more like uh because then that's changing the world right it's it like is. okay then how are people going to make money are we just going to give money out right or yeah how does the money distributed yeah and you can't do that because there's there has to be a value associated with that right everybody has a different value in the workplace because yeah. some people can do more some people can't so how do you distinguish who gets what? And it's have to, it's gonna in my brain it's gonna have to be an all or nothing thing because this thing will literally have to do everything. Yeah. Because if people are still working, the people who aren't working, like I said, like how are they getting money? Yeah. And the people that are working, are they getting more money than the people that aren't working? Because if they're not, they're gonna be pissed off. Right. Well, no. Does I'm, that make sense? It, like it does because there's gonna be people like us who. I guess in my mind, it'd be really hard for artificial intelligence to do what we do, right? Without some sort of robot being driven yeah, by it. Because there's so many variants. So it's not straightforward. Physical labor stuff is still going to be a challenge to replicate and replace as far as artificial intelligence goes. Yeah. So what does that mean? Does that mean we get to make more because we are actually still out doing something? Or, you know, so I get your. There's a gray. I get your your uh -huh. mentality behind that yeah whereas like for me it's i think about like all the nonsense that can be pushed out from something like this at a very accelerated rate we already have an issue with being able to have too much information just from our smartphones right and yeah and we have access to that 
at a split second. We can look up anything. Yeah, but you still have to you have to read the fine print though still. Yes. Like if you want to know something truly, you have to go through probably pages of articles to find out exactly what you're looking for. Right. But in the future when this thing gets crazy, it's going to spit out a a small little nugget. Yeah. Exactly how you typed it in or spoke to it, whatever you use, you're using. Right. And it's going to give you an exact answer. Yes. It's up to you to determine whether you believe that answer or yeah. not. Mm-hmm. And that's where I say that's what's kind of got me in a pickle behind like even being interested in it because we already have a difficult enough time with other people just writing articles, let alone something that can put out hundreds of thousands of articles at one time. Think about the information throw uh, flow through just the news. Yeah, and it and it comes back to at some point somebody had to create it. So if the foundation is biased based off of who created it, as it's learning, it's learning off this biased foundation. So who even knows if what it's spitting out is beneficial to everybody or just the people who are a part of this biased info. So you're thinking like this thing is could potentially could push an agenda? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Based off of who created it. I mean, that's that's within the realm of possibility. Right. For sure. And so it's that kind of stuff that that I worry about in the short term because that's the kind of stuff that it can at this stage can manipulate right like it like like this guy in the article said you know this thing can spam faster than anybody can type just in general i mean you Mm -hmm. got you probably have hackers who can set up programs that spam but this thing can just instantly do it yeah automatically so yeah i think this thing's going to be used terribly to push out certain agendas yeah i think it's going to be one of those things where it's like a 50 50 we were talking a little bit about the uh the nukes before this podcast and how that came about right Um, and that's part of the this other article it's going to come down to we're we're going to do this for humanity the better of humanity Mm -hmm. or there's going to be a money-making side to where it's like no we're going to keep this to ourselves we're going to make a shitload of money doing right and it's going to be worse for the world there's two directions you can go there in my opinion yeah and it's been like that way through history honestly so recently here in omaha and this article is from fox but just about every news station covers this every year um berkshire hathaway has this big shareholder meeting Mm -hmm. here well, across the river in Omaha from where we're at. And Warren Buffett kind of, and Charlie Munger kind of touched on AI a little bit. And that's what Warren Buffett compared it to. It says, legendary investors Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger shared their thoughts on recent developments in AI, with Buffett comparing the creation of the powerful technology to the atomic bomb. During questions at Berkshire Hathaway's annual meeting in Omaha, Nebraska on Saturday, an audience member asked Munger, the company's vice chairman, whether he thought AI tech would have a, po- a positive impact on stocks, the market, and society as a whole. He says, well, if, if you went into BYD's factories in China, you would see robotics going at an unbelievable rate. So we're going to see a lot more robotics in the world. I am personally skeptical of some of the hype that is going on into artificial intelligence. I think old-fashioned intelligence works pretty well, he joked. There won't be anything in the AI that replaces the gene, Buffett 
said, I state that unequivocally. The Oracle of Omaha did acknowledge that AI can do amazing things, sharing that his friends and fellow billionaire Bill Gates showed him the latest version of Microsoft's ChatGPT technology. It did remarkable things, Buffett said, but it couldn't tell jokes. Well, Bill told me that ahead of time, prepared me, and it just isn't there. Buffett was impressed by the AI's ability to do things like check all legal opinions since the beginning of time, but he also said the technology's power should be a case for concern, comparing it to the discovery that led to nuclear weapons. When something can do all kinds of things, I can get a little bit of worried because I know we won't be able to uninvent it. And we did invent, for a very, very good reason, the atomic bomb in World War II. It was enormously important that we did so, but it is good for the next, but is it good for the next 200 years of the world that the ability to do so has been unleashed now? We didn't have a choice, but when you start something, well, Einstein said after the atomic bomb, he said, this has changed everything in the world except how men think. And I would say the same thing maybe not exactly the same thing i don't mean that but I, what i mean is with ai it can change everything in the world except how men think and behave and that is a big step to take buffett's concerns echo those made by more than a thousand researchers and technologists including elon musk who signed a letter calling for a six-month pause on ai development because they said it poses profound risks to society and humanity so this is this is a big concern for a lot of people. A lot of smart people saying some smart things, I think. Yeah, and a lot of this is um, becoming a problem based off of the same thing, similar to the atomic bomb race, right? It's more about the race to get it and not what are we going to do when it's made. Yeah, and, right. And like Buffett said, once it's here, we can't un- we can't undo it. No. There's nothing we can do no, about it. No, you're going to start thinking of the most practical ways you can use that technology. Absolutely. Right? To make money. To make money. money. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. And a lot... Of, this is just going off my head, but the best ways to make money, are, I feel like, are mostly negative. Cause Unfortunately. Somebody has to... a lot of money. A ton of money. A lot of money, and that's usually where it goes. And somebody has to... There's always... When it comes to making money... Somebody is benefiting and somebody is paying. Yeah. It's just how it is. Well, if you really look at the world as just like a whole, I mean, it's just countries are just battling for resources. Yeah. Like that's cutting as dry as you can get it. They're mm-hmm. just battling for resources. Why? Because you can make money off those resources. Yeah. Even if you're in control of those resources, you can fluctuate countries' economies with like oil, like. All these things are huge. So this is this is a, a thought to add to this. Then, based off of what you just said, then once this AI technology is created, who's in who's in control of it? Are these governments who are battling for resources the ones who get to make the call? That's kind of a a scary thought to me because it's like some countries are willing to do more than others, I guess, to get ahead. One hundred percent. Yeah, I think. Th- there's a more moral compass. There each, has to be. Yeah. But, but who do we who do we trust to have that moral compass? Yeah. I mean, it's getting harder and harder to even trust our government, you know? Yeah. It's getting harder and harder to just even believe the everyday things that we hear about mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so frustrating to me. It just, it, you just, it used to be something where you could just wake up and whatever took place in your life took place. And that's what you could you know, stand behind. Yeah. And now it's like, 
you live through these things or you do these <clears throat> things and then you read about all this other information on the internet that might persuade your opinion to a different way, mm -hmm. even though you've lived through this and that's what developed your opinion or yeah. your belief, and now all of a sudden you're second guessing yourself because 10 other people had different reactions to it. That still shouldn't change your reaction no. to it. No, and I think it comes back to the government not telling us the full story about everything. Right. Like, I have so many quotes. Like, why are we doing this? I shouldn't have to ask all these questions. It should be like, oh, we're doing this because it's going to help our people, and it's the right direction to move in. Like, I should know the answer. Right. But then, so here's the challenge with that. With AI, if they wanted to push out that information and tell people, then... If you're already losing faith in our government, how do you believe something that is potentially regulated by our government to give you the accurate information? I don't know. And that's where it starts to spiral, right? Like, that's mm -hmm. what I have such a problem with. And if there's somebody out there who can leave a comment that can maybe, you know, give me some peace, because I just, it's just so hard for me to trust anything anymore. Yeah, no, because you, you don't get the full story. No. You don't. With pretty much anything, you don't get the full story. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, you don't want to be the person who's like, well, now it's more important for me to just look out for me and my family and move forward Dude, because that's I where can't you have to start at. I can't trust anything anybody else says until yeah. they've given me the ability to do that. Right. You know? Yeah. And normally those are the lessons you learn in life. You know, you do these things and you get burned and you move on. Then but you learn, yeah. But with something like AI you can't i mean once you move on from that if it's integrated into everything we do how do you, how are you able to move on from from something like that because yeah. then you just never would trust it well there's got to be a plan in place beforehand there has to be you would hope so there has to be because you can't just have this big of technology and just like what can the people know the practical uses like why are we developing this right and what are we going to use it for and how's that going to impact our lives. Yeah. Okay. Directly. So not how, just how do we believe the people who are giving us the answers to those questions? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could go down that road all day long. Yeah. I get it. At some point you have to believe in, besides in something. The fact, but... Besides the fact that they have to worry about the American people to a certain extent because we'll just start I mean, you just saw this two years ago. A a minority of people wasn't happy, weren't happy. And all hell broke loose. Right. Yeah. And that's true. And that's so that's Think another about if the majority ain't happy. Yeah. They have to they have to consciously think about that. They have to. Because if shit gets so bad here, shit will change. And I firmly believe that. Yeah, I mean at the end of the day, people are going to at least I would hope in a country like America, we're going to be able to just stand up and and fight for this. I would argue that it's already taken place. Yeah. You know. And that's a good thing because yeah. people like you and me are going, listen, shit's starting to get out of control. I'm uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable. I'm cranking back on what I'm doing mm -hmm. because I can't trust certain people. I can't trust certain technology. You know, I have to fundamentally do what's good for me yeah. and my family. And we have to move forward by being the example. Yeah. The, the good side about information flow, how they push out agendas with the news, the good part about information flow is that if something like that does happen, guess what? 
not just like a Facebook page or anything like that, but people are going to be able to communicate that they're unhappy. Large groups of people. And if we're talking about the American public, everybody can be on the same page because we can communicate instantaneously with anybody in the United States. You know, and I think, I think some of that communication still has to go back to like personal communication like this. Yeah. Because some of that can still be skewed if it's over social media or, you know, technology. Like we need to start having these discussions in person with other people because that's what kind of helps reel you back in and gives you a peace of mind. Cause then you go, it's one thing to, to have this discussion person to person Mm because you can read people's nonverbal cues. You can see what people, and as far as like then the internet or text or anything like that, you, you don't get that. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy or it's really easy for people to say those things and not mean them. Yeah. We need to have these discussions in person. 100%. And I think that's, that's super important. 100%. But that also kind of ties into our next headline article. Um, this is something that's been kind of going around for the last month, but this is kind of touching on the recovery, if you will. Um, this is on USA Today. Uh, Bud Light sales, Dylan Mulvaney's beer ad, and whether boycotts actually work. So this is about Anheuser-Busch and the thing with, you know, them kind of marketing through Dylan Mulvaney, who is a transgender woman. Like a rainbow flag sticker thing? No, it was was her face on the side of a Bud Light can. And they oh. sent her like these, I think they were like tall boys and it had her face. And then she took it on TikTok and like started promoting the Bud Light. Um, and it was this whole thing, right? There were right. people who, because if you think about it, like when you, I guess for me at least, and I'm not a big drinker, so take this for what you will. But, um, you know, it was like the rural communities and the little bars and stuff that took offense to that. I mean... I think I think it got a little blown out of proportion. Um, a little? I think a lot, but that's just me. But I also don't agree with the marketing idea. So No, from a business perspective, we're not talking No, and that's kind of what... Politics here. That's what this article is about. So the article reads, Anheuser-Busch parent company, uh, AB InBev, is optimistic about its future despite calls for Bud Light boycott. Following... A marketing partnership with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney, CEO Michael Ducoris, on Thursday noted that while Bud Light volume declined in the U.S. over the first three weeks of April following the uproar, the dip represents just 1% of overall global volumes for the period. With respect to the current situation and the impact on Bud Light sales, it is too early to have a full view. In the context of our global business, we believe we have experience the resources, and the partners to manage this. He added that the company's full-year growth outlook for earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization remains unchanged. The comments raise the question, just how effective are boycotts like the one Bud Light faces? While boycotts can definitely have an impact on a company's public image and reputation, there is less evidence that boycotts have a long-term impact on sales revenue. I would expect it to be very short term. Eventually, people are going to get tired of a boycott and move on to the next thing. 
Still, it is possible the company sees a sales dip for a long period of time, according to Stephen Pruitt, a professor of economics and finance at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, who co-authored a 1986 paper that studied the share price of firms at the center of 21 boycotts. People sometimes have long memories, especially associated with something like this, that's so politically charged. It'll be interesting to see how this one eventually works its way out. So... I just had a thought, though. Could this be one of those, from a business side, because we were talking before the podcast, why would they go after a majority of their uh, sales? Right. Or a minority of their sales, because that's what this was. Yeah, it's trying trying to to get. But is it an uproar they're looking for to push their brand out even more? That was how they spun it, right? To me, this this is nothing... This is nothing more than a corporate company trying to attach itself to the current social movement to try and get out there is what it is. Um, And we've found in recent very short-term history that that has come to backfire on a lot of companies. Like we were discussing before, Carhartt going woke, you know, that backfired on Carhartt. Did Did they lose a lot of sales? Dude, there were people like literally posting videos of them like selling and burning all their Carhartt stuff because they didn't want to be associated with Carhartt oh, anymore. Jesus Christ. People people were showing videos of them like dumping Carhartt and picking up a Wrangler. And it's kind of the same, I mean, not as drastic. That one was a little bit I think more drastic than this one, but Carhartt was trying to go after I use air quotes the hipster community you know yeah. the the guys who were wearing carhartt sure, that the one or two percenters right Right, exactly but it was kind of like the main theme like you know two years ago it was like all about the being woke and doing this and that just thrashed a bunch of companies disney tried to do the same thing and they're still recovering from it mm-hmm. you know they're these large companies who are trying to attach themselves to quick fast social movements that aren't sustainable and they're getting burned by them. Yeah, because you're going to piss off the majority of your sales, right? Right, and that's exactly what is going on on here. I mean, it's they tried to attach themselves to something to try and get to a different market that, okay, realistically, let's just say that's 1% more that you can get. I get in business, like, it's like, oh, if we can just get that much better. But this is like something that, is more politically charged than it is like, oh, we're losing this revenue from this group. Like, I, if they would have spun it that way, I think it could have been a lot better. I just want to know what that conversation, because you know, and they had an initial there in a room in the Bud Light offices or, or whatever, and they were, this got brought up. Like, what was like? Absolutely. Well, the, the marketing exec that, that thought this was going to be a good idea is obviously no longer with Bud Light along with, I think, two other no shit. Big people. Yeah, she's Holy gone. Fuck. Yeah, she's gone. They said bye. This this backfired in her face so bad, they asked her to leave. Yeah. So okay. So I mean, it is. It's fucked. Probably a little more concerning than what that article I just read was mm-hmm. was trying to portray it as. Which I think you know, as we go, more of these articles about that situation are going to come out to try and you know play it off as. You know, no, we're still doing fine. Yeah. At the end of the day, think about it. I'm sure Anheuser-Busch is like, 
in the top three of global alcohol beverage companies. Like, they're still not For hurting. Sure, right? You know what I mean? They're still not. It's not like this is going to kill them. You're never going to tank a company no, like that but, by boycotting but them. But when you're that big, you have to constantly keep growing. You can't go in the opposite direction. Yes. So that's why I want to know what that conversation was about. It's like, hey, we push this out. We let this lady do her TikTok videos. What is that? What are we gaining from that? Right. What, what was the conversation like? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Where Where was the train of thought that exactly. went? How are we looking at this? Because at some point it, it did have to be, well, we're going to try and reach a new generation. But what that is, is that's a company thinking that this is what the new generation is wanting. And they're throwing away all of the other current people who buy that now mm-hmm. to try and go after a whole different demographic that may or may not be a future buyer of Bud Light. Right. You know, you're trying to grasp onto somebody That's that might not risk. even. It is. It, it was, and obviously. If I'm they, the head of that company, that is such a big risk. Yeah. And obviously they know that. And so now it's like, well, but also they're we got to back so much goddamn attention from it. I almost want to wonder if that's where the bad, conversation was. Right. But bad attention is still attention. Exactly. It's, still it's not. It's dude. Everybody's talking about Bud Light. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. So that's not. It's not the worst thing in the world. I guarantee you that's how that conversation had to end up with. It's like, well, this is a risk, but you know, if it blows up in our face, we're still gonna get a lot of publicity from this. Yes. No, and that's, you know, and they're writing that now. And guess what? A lot of people, and I'll even say it myself, I don't give a shit what they did. If I want to fucking drink a Bud Light and get drunk or just drink a Bud Light, I'm still going to just drink a Bud Light. Oh, I know. There's and it's, difference in opinions, which is fine. I don't care. But I'm not letting something on a bottle that's not going to do any harm to my body affect right. what I do. Right. No, and it's funny because there are people out there who are taking like Dead that serious extreme about it opposite is, stance. Like, dude, oh, I'm completely against this. I'm never gonna drink a Bud Light eyes, again. In my eyes, it's I will say it's dumb, and but I mean, it is what it is. If you want to get angry about that, and it's gonna you're gonna lose sleep over it. More power to you, but I'm not losing any sleep over someone putting. No, I have other things in my life that are way more way important. more important for me to focus on than that but but as a society that's kind of what we've turned into though right like let's attach ourselves to this movement and then Mm -hmm. we're gonna then when we've played that one out let's attach ourselves to the next thing but it's also the opposite so it's the not just the people who are attaching themselves to these movements who really don't care about these other than it's just the the end thing yeah you have people who are taking a stance against these things who are being just as dramatic yeah right you know Mm-hmm. I just, I think it's a little intense both ways and it's just for show. Well, there's some weird, even like one-on-ones, like if you had, if we had varying stance, varying stances on this and it was like, you were like, fuck, I ain't drinking Bud Light ever again. Right. I'm going to feel pressure to probably be like, oh yeah, you're right. Like, I think some of those conversations are happening. When yeah. Because pe- I feel like people should not waste their brain space on this. No. Like, why are you? Right. And that's just what it comes down to, but that's that's what we've become. We we're more interested on putting effort into thinking about where we stand on something like this than we are 
anything else that's going on in our lives. Yeah, I don't get it. People must just be having fucking easy lives out there to give a shit about right. what this is. Because I yeah. don't give it two fucks. I have a lot of different things to figure out in my life. Exactly. And maybe if people put more effort into figuring those things out and less effort into what their stance is on this. Could so if like it comes up. Thing, right? Yeah. Could be like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get pissed off at this so I can forget what you know, I'm worried about what, in my regular life. Exactly. Absolutely. Maybe that could be that could be something. Yeah. So maybe if you're investing your time and thinking about a lot of this, then maybe yeah. look at what you're not it's thinking like about. A, like a, a substance you're using. Yeah, no, that's a very good, very good way to look I at don't know. it. That was the first time I actually thought about it that way. Well, it's but it's probably it's a lot truer I than bet, you probably I bet think. You there's some truth to that. A hundred percent. So our next topic moving on, which is something that we're approaching here pretty soon, is from, where are we from? This is from NBC News. Um, headline reads, debt limit debate, which puts the nation's credit and trust on the line and dangers already fragile U.S. economy outlook. So this is about the upcoming debt ceiling that the government has to try and figure out before June 1st. Congress and the White House barrel towards a June 1st deadline to resolve a debate over the debt ceiling, putting the credit and trust of the United States on the line. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has said that the failing to lift or suspend the debt ceiling would lead to economic and financial catastrophe, darkening a U.S. economy outlooked, outlook already clouded by elevated inflation, high interest rates, and unease in the banking industry. The Congressional Budget Office and the Treasury Department projected May 3rd that if the government doesn't pay its bills for even a week, 500,000 Americans would lose their jobs as the economy contracts by 0.6%. What's the worst case scenario? A protracted default lasting longer than three months would trigger a great recession type of scenario in which as many as 8.3 million people could lose their jobs. In that situation, the stock market could fall 45%, hurting the accounts of those saving for retirement. Those still working would be squeezed by even higher interest rates. Mortgage rates, for example, might rise rise further after already spiking from 3% in December 2021 to 6.4% this month. Economists say those scenarios loom over the U.S. already at risk of recession. Uh, Deutsche Bank projects a recession to begin at the end of this year as results of the Federal Reserve's efforts to raise interest rates and deliberately slow an economy plagued by high inflation. Despite unemployment sitting at a historic low of 3.4%, high inflation is outpacing wage gains. Americans have had to tap into their savings to make ends meet. Households saved a total of $1.6 trillion before the pandemic, but now sit on $1 trillion in savings. Credit card rates at most 24%, according to LendingTree, loom over $986 billion in credit card balances, surpassing the pre-pandemic high of $59 billion. In addition to high borrowing costs and concerns that the job market will reverse course soon, the conference board's measure of consumer expectations is that at levels associated with a recession within the next year. So this is a big deal. What defines a recession? Um, I was just trying to look it up on my phone because are we not already in one? 
technically, I think if you look at the parameters, I think there's three parameters of a recession. Um, I'm sticking on this article so I can kind of touch back yeah. on it. But, but yes, I think technically you're right. Um, it just depends on how you spin it. Um, it has to do with unemployment rate. It has to do with um, the consumer goods index. And if somebody's out there, then correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and then there's a third one. I thought it was just basically uh, restricted to, I'm sure all these things are factors to the stock market, but I thought it was if like the stock market went past, like, I don't know. I don't really know. I thought it was just if the stock market was doing very shitty. Yeah. Which it is, but there's a number. It was like 50% like within two years or a year or four years decade i don't really know so a recession is a period of economic decline signaled by an increase in unemployment a drop in the stock market and a dip in the housing market but there's actual like okay so the housing market is still up right it wouldn't be considered down right but it's not necessarily those those three those three things i mean it's definitely just a downturn in the ec so economic activity j jobs jobs are a good indicator and the stock market's a good indicator yes the jobs and consumer goods like the price of consumer yeah. goods index is and obviously like housing. two big driving factors yeah like you just said obviously housing because because housing is one of the more expensive things that we buy right right that the majority of that's like a big ticket item that the majority of people buy so two of from cars two of the bigger things that um are going on here is obviously the debate of what we should do for this debt ceiling right so the republican side um wants to start making cuts so they can pull money from somewhere else whereas the democratic side just wants to just raise the ceiling like pretty much like fuck it let's just so continue raise on this the same and trend then, and just buy us more time yeah is that what that would do exactly so essentially how i would see it as a simpleton is if we did that what are we going to have to deal with months from now like great you you know we were able to pay our debts but that's only going to push inflation higher if we start just increasing the debt ceiling that's the equivalent to just printing money you're, you just continuously devalue this dollar that we have. And, and we already just pumped a fuckload of money in. That's why we're right. here, right? Because of COVID and we just gave yep. trillions of dollars to everybody. Yeah. And that would be like, that would be the biggest problem. So that's why huh. there's like this big stance and, and there's a potential that this might not be decided by June 1st because you have two parts of Congress who are butting heads. Because they're both ones headed by the Republicans, ones headed by the Democrats right, right now. So right. you have this really big split. And from what I've looked up so far, I mean, obviously neither one. You know, the Republicans want to cut and tax and and do that, and that's fine. And that that's still going to have a harmful impact on the everyday human because you're going to have to pay for that in your taxes, but. I guess in my eyes, I would lean more towards that solution than 
because it bec- you're just set it there because it's a potential solution. Right. Versus let's just raise the ceiling and hope that, you know, inflation doesn't go even crazier, which that would be inevitable. It's like doing it's like doing patchwork. Right. Right. Hundred percent. It's good for now, but eventually you're gonna want to replace it. You're gonna want to replace it. Because it's gonna blow out or it's gonna whatever. Yeah. And and it's also I guess how I look at it is whatever we decide to do in the next three weeks before this deadline hits Mm -hmm. is going to have an impact thirty days, two months, a year from now. It's no different than when you and I talk about um you know, trying to eat healthier or achieve working out and, and, you know, forming the bodies and minds that we want. Right. It's, it's what we do today. We aren't going to see that today. We're doing the work today. We aren't going to mm-hmm. see that today. Yeah. It's no different than that. We're going to make this decision today, but we're going to see what the impacts are. It's almost like the reverse, right? right. It's going to be pretty now or, but then get worse. Yeah. As it goes on. Yeah, either way. I mean, I'm not That's saying true. what the Republicans' plan is isn't going to have if it definitely effects. Could. All these things are very complicated, and I don't understand are. a fucking lick of it, but... It, it, it's going to affect us one way or the other. Exactly. You know, I would. I guess I would just choose to take the part that is the, the minimal sting overall instead of just the minimal sting right now. Yeah. You know... One if, of them's working towards the solution. Yeah. And that's, I don't, I don't know what else you would do. No, I mean, and I get it. It's going to make it. And that's how the, the left is spinning it is that the right's decision is going to hurt people. But if you think about it, the left's decision to just increase the debt ceiling with no, no repercussions and, and just buy more time to try and figure it out later. Well, that didn't work. We already did that January 19th. That's where this June 1st deadline came. Yeah. And now we're stuck again. So what do we do? It comes back. To, I mean, it's all the government, right? Like, yeah. We're, we're, we as people, I feel like, aren't putting pressure on the government. Like, we're not fucking these things up. Right. They're doing things. We're still living our lives. And they're just, like, working around themselves in a circle. Like, okay, we did this. It didn't work. So now we got, right. say, a year down the road. Okay, we did this last year. We gave a fuckload of money to everybody. Mm-hmm. Now we're trying to like they're they're like trying to patch over their own mistakes and it's just a fucking circle it seems like yeah and I think that they're giving away money to just fucking countries right oh yeah I mean that's like always going to be that that's something that I'm never going to understand and I don't care how it's explained that's to me. because like, I think they're we're not getting a full story there's an agenda behind it they're doing it for a reason they're not just giving away money a hundred percent nobody and, just gives away money. Depending on what you look at or what you research, you know, there is this idea that um, there's obviously, you know, global control versus country control. Mm -hmm. And right now the global control is trying to devalue the dollar as much as possible. And Mm -hmm. again, not to go into too tinfoil hatty stuff, but this is one of those ways that they could do that. You know, just raise the debt ceiling. Well, that's going to devalue the dollar a lot because yeah. essentially you're just printing money at that point. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is all stuff that's interesting and will affect us. But it's like at at this time, what what do you believe? You know, it's kind of back to the AI conversation. It's like mm-hmm. we're we're going to be hit either way. I just want a solution out of it. 
I don't I want like a band aid out of it. I want to hear lots and lots of opinions and different theories on like, because it seems like when I start thinking about this stuff, my brain just goes in one direction. I could be missing a whole slice of the pie. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. There needs to be more conversation just straight up about it, I think. Yeah. And I would hope that, you know, if somebody who understands more about this kind of stuff than you and I do can can explain it in a simpleton way yeah. to me because everything I read is news biased or in terms yeah. so far outside of what I understand that I just lose right. interest. Well, in we're even getting our information off the internet, right? Right. We're not going. We're not in politics. We're not in all this stuff. No. We're not talking face to face with CEOs. Like, why are you doing that? Right. Like, we're just getting it off the internet. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's a very valid point. Which yeah, it's tough. Brings us to our last kind of headline, and this comes from a local place um, here in Counts Bluffs, which Counts is Bluffs, right, Omaha. which is right, yeah, Counts yeah. Bluffs, Omaha area. So this is from uh, KETV. It's just a local news news channel, but it is reporting about the recent mass shooting in Texas. Eight killed and seven wounded in Texas mall shooting. The gunman is also dead. Eight people were killed in the shooting at an outlet near Dallas, and seven victims are being treated at traumatic facilities. Officials say Saturday night the gunman, who authorities believe was acting alone, is also dead. Allen, Texas, Fire Chief Jonathan Boyd said that at least nine people were sent to the hospital. Of those that were transported, two have since died. Three are in critical surgery and four are stable. A Dallas area medical group says it's treated victims as young as five years old. Authorities in Allen responded to the afternoon shooting in Allen premium outlets, prompting shoppers and workers to hide. There was a search for a second gunman, according to a source, but police now say they believe the shooter acted alone. Police said an Allen officer killed the shooter. So this is from our local news. Our local news. Yeah, and that's what we want to kind of talk about, right? Right. It's like the negative news. Like, why is our news channel covering people shot in in Texas? Texas. Yeah, and first I just want to say, because I want to make this very clear, um, it's not that I'm not saying we shouldn't have care for these people who died. Right. I'm not Absolutely. I'm not saying that. That is a that is a big issue. You know, anytime somebody dies, my my heart goes out to the family and loved ones who have to deal with that, mm-hmm. but in turn, I feel like that's also just like kind of a a community thing for them to work through and deal with whereas when we hear it, you know, hundreds of miles away, it's more spun as a scare tactic thing 100 percent, because and not a hey you know we want to support these people it's a scare thing yeah that's what it feels like right it's just it's just negative news yes right and it's and it's consistent like there was one you were talking about that they posted in georgia Georgia. two shot dead in Georgia and that was on like Wednesday or something like that. And I was just going through my Twitter feed. I'm like, why is our local news channel? Is there nothing between here in Iowa in Georgia? That was something better. Right. And bigger story, not someone dying. Right. And, and I agree. It's just, it's gotten to a point where it's just so negative. Um, and it's, but that's what gets news. 
That's what gets right. people to watch. So there, there's a business side of KETV, right? Yes. I don't want to just hate on KB, KETV and their journalists because these journalists are trying to make money for their families, right? right. That's what you have to assume. And yes. they're not just devils. Right? right. I understand that. But it's like there has to be – are they lazy? I'm well. Is I'm, this story – I'm sure there's more stories out there. They're just not as – attention grabbing as this kind of stuff uh-huh. you know what i mean yeah, and that's and what's shitty is is we're what by hearing about this stuff that are miles away on our local news channel it'd be one thing if i was watching like the nightly news that's a, like a country that covers what's yes, going on in the country we're talking about what our local news is covering is pushing out every day i feel like there's probably better stories that we're missing that would be and I'm not saying it's got to be uplifty and, and cheery, but there's no. got to be better stuff in our community going on that could be covered than giving airtime to this kind of stuff consistently. Yeah. You know, if they want to touch on it, great. But, you know, if it's covering five minutes of the of the 30-minute show, like, come on, there's got to be something local that's better than just trying to scare us about well, guns and mass shooting and like well that's because we're that's where my brain goes it's like well okay so why is KTV covering these shootings in texas are they trying to paint a picture that guns are bad that's where my head goes whether right. that's true or not yeah and it's, that's because that's been the narrative right that's been one of the narratives that's been out there so if they can attach themselves to this narrative then they can help push an agenda or they know at least minimum people are going to want to watch what they're talking about. Cause it's like, Oh man, there's a shooting. Now I need to know more. And yeah. so that might get them to dive more into the article Yeah, with KTV. I, yeah. I just think we're in a time right now where we need way more positive news yeah. because we need to come together as like communities, cities, Absolutely. as like uh, almost as a nation. Right, because we're living in a split nation right now. Oh, 100%. So and there it, needs and to be positive things that both sides can ag- agree on and just, like, forget about all the shit that's going on. The economy's bad. The housing market's right. shitty. But yet they're like, oh, yep, you get all those things, and guess what? We're going to put out stories. People are dying out there from guns. Well, they have so to put out. you should be worried. It's like, holy shit, man. Can we not, can we do a Disneyland story or right. something like? <laughs> well, that would, Dis- that would cause a whole different spark. You know <laughs> maybe, what I mean? Maybe not Disneyland, but just something. They, they have to put out those stories to keep this division. And I'm glad you brought that up because the way that the media and everything still continues to portray this is there is this big division. But mm-hmm. again, my whole point, go back, go out, have the conversations in real life not on social media, not watching the news. We aren't as divided as they portray us to no. be. And that is what is gives me a peace of mind. Yeah. So I, I mean there's definitely there's definitely some division, but it's not it's not as extreme as what it's painted to be. No, it's not because I'm a firm believer that most people are nice, they're kind and they yes. want the best for others, right? right? So And it's painted kind of the opposite way. 100% well, that's all we got this week. You got any closing like things? Like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, please, if you enjoy the content. Yes, uh, Make definitely. sure to comment. Comment. Reach out to us um, on Facebook and Instagram, Blue Collar Built Podcast. We love having the conversations there as well. Um, and, yeah, we look forward to everybody kind of following on YouTube and hearing the comments. Appreciate that's it. True. We'll catch you next week.